Blog Talk Radio. Chat Live, glad to have y'all here. Of course, listening to the show tonight. You, sh- you can catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You, you name it, you can probably find it. Of course, we're live right now on Blog Talk Radio. I've got my partners in crime here with me tonight. Uh, I'll have uh, Craig Moore. Long-time co-host here at Race Chat Live. Also, Taz Taylor, the Tasmanian devil himself. I have a feeling tonight I uh, could get a little rowdy. I could get a little bit off. And so we're going to try our best to not get too far off tone. Or, because basically the crime has been committed and the punishment has been set. And so we'll, we'll dive in that here in just a little bit, but I, I wanted to start the show off with probably the biggest story that's been overshadowed because of this fiasco, and that's leaving this week knowing that another driver, Alex Bowman, is out for a considerably long amount of time. He may or may not be cleared to race at Phoenix, so... He is out the next three races, I think two races, and then we will find out if he will be able to race at Phoenix. Race fans, you know, if we're not seeing right now a change in the environment of race car drivers, first of all, they had to tape Ricky Rudd's eyelids open one time after a crash. Uh, Dale Earnhardt broke his back and race the next weekend, you know, or broke, you know, broke something. It was, I think it was a shoulder, but, you know, it was, it was pretty serious, okay? These guys have broken bones and slapped walls, and um, some have been injured. Of course, everybody's harping, this is a dangerous car. This is a dangerous car from every generation of car since the beginning. There has been a sense of danger in what we do in racing, and people drivers get hurt that that's just the environment that we're in and we've not been uh not you know everybody says well you know it's it's wonderful 
it's absolutely wonderful that not a driver has been killed in the upper slots of racing in NASCAR uh, since Dale Earnhardt. But you can't say that in other forms of racing. Um, you know, Brian Clawson, uh, you know, um, just so many other wrecks, man. So many, so many other guys. The Leffler, Jason Leffler. Um, you know, they, they, these guys go out there and they, they put their, their, their lives on the line. And, uh, you know, we've seen a, a driver several years ago uh, who just mysteriously walked away. Well, you know, it was at a time where Dale Earnhardt had gotten hurt, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And we were all caught by surprise when Carl Edwards walked away from racing. And I think that uh, we had every right to be uh, concerned of why Carl stepped away. We've yet to ever know why Carl Edwards stepped away from racing. Though most of us can can come up with enough theories to believe that it had something to do with the head injuries that were now apparent in, in NASCAR, the concussion side. His wife's a doctor, so um, I'm sure she gave him a, a little bit of a heads up on the information that we're really just now finding out about head injuries. Race fans, I, I don't want to take you into a dark place. That's not what I'm here for. I just want it to be realized that when a driver gets hurt like that, uh, it's it's the same as a quarterback, Peyton Manning, when he got hurt in Indianapolis. Um, you know, it, it, don't be surprised if, you know, Alex Bowman's career uh, doesn't necessarily come to an end, but this could possibly be a, a changing point in his career. And with Hendrick Motorsports, um, I think always Alex has been the number four guy. Like, he's performed and he's gotten wins and he's carried his weight probably a little bit better than William Byron up to this point, to, as a matter of fact. But at the same time, um, we could not only possibly lose an Alex Bowman, whose career seems so young, we could also – see other drivers that uh, decide to put, walk away from the, the sport as well. Look, we're only just now finding out about head injuries and what, how uh, PTSD and, and head injuries are all connected together and how, you know, you can bump your head hard enough and make you crazy. Well, um, you know, a lot of these guys, they don't, they make enough money where they don't have to uh, put themselves at, at, at that limit. Unlike the older driver, uh, from just a few decades ago that would be willing to do anything uh, to drive a race car. Um, there was money in the sport then as well, but uh, you go back into the 80s and the 70s, there was definitely not uh, the fluent money that was there now. I'm going to go ahead and bring on uh, Craig Moore and Taz Taylor. Uh, guys, you know, I, I mean, I wanted to open the show up with Alex Bowman. There's a lot of thought and theory uh, that's going on with a, a driver who's been injured. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just wanting to make sure that we're all uh, on the same page that, you know, Alex Bowman, his career could very well continue to be great and prosperous. He'd go on and win a championship in a couple of years. We also have to look at the other side of the coin. This could be the beginning of an exit, an early exit by a great driver uh, who, you know, we watched come out of the, uh, up to the upper slots racing the hard way. So I think Alex Bowman has a, has a grit to him. I think he's got a, a fan base built from that. 
uh, you know. But uh, what are you guys' uh, thoughts on the opening monologue? We'll start with you, Taz Taylor. Well, uh, it's unfortunate for what's happened to Bowman, and I'm hoping that we don't see an early exit from him racing entirely. Uh, it's Bowman has shown a lot of promise um, over the years. Uh, you can definitely tell being that um, before Junior called him up, he was racing uh, in his rookie years full-time for uh, small independent teams uh, that pretty much kind of like uh, Rick Ware and Spire, kind of on that level. Tommy Baldwin. Yep, there you go. Yeah, Tommy Baldwin racing, BK racing. He he raced for the the guy who, uh, you know, lost his charter in court. (laughs) Um, BK racing guy, I can't remember his name right now. But, yeah, yeah, Alex Bowman come up the hard way. Yeah, he came came through through there. Uh, Then Junior called him up. When Junior was out for basically concussion-like symptoms and was out for Gaver, for Gaver, who knew how long he was out for? Um, obviously, if Bowman couldn't race, then Jeff Gordon hit, stepped in to take over. But mm-hmm. since uh, Dale Junior retired, Bowman, we all knew Bowman was penciled in to take over for Junior because Junior handpicked Bowman to replace him in the 88 while he was out. And we've seen Bowman, you know, have his successes and we've seen him have his lows just like any other driver. But um, I personally believe Bowman uh, will be one of those successful drivers. Will he be a championship caliber driver? Right now, I want to say no, but anything's still up in the air. But I, I hate to see something like this happen to somebody like him who's got a long career ahead of him. And basically, that could have this probably could have probably taken maybe a couple of years um, off his career. If not, then basically ended his career. But I'm hoping that we're not getting down that road. I mean, but you have to accept the fact that we could be. This driver, Alex Bowman, replaced a driver who had a head injury, right? So it's very prominent in the sport, and he's had a first-hand look. He got his career start, you know, uh, it was a uh, successful career start, uh, being uh, a relief driver for, a, you know, Dale Jr., as you said, who, who had had a head injury as well. So does Alex Bowman want to get to that point, uh, like, you know, he's there pretty early already. So, you know, at what point does Alex Bowman say my health is more uh, important uh, than than driving a race car? Craig Moore, I want to bring you on, man. Come on. I know I know you want to – see, we've we got to be really careful with this subject because we don't want to make it like we, you know, like we want to see the end of Alex Bowman's career. But at the same time, we have to put things in perspective. When Carl Edwards walked away from this sport like he did, and we were left to question what the hell is going on, there's only been one answer to that question since then. 
or there's only been one honest theory to it all. It's the head injury factor. Craig, I want to know your thoughts. Take your, take 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 you off mute. Are you on mute? Craig. Craig. All right, can you hear me now? Yes. There we go. Can you hear me now? All right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Good evening. Yeah, the the, the concussion the the concussion protocol. um, I mean, it's it's a serious it's a serious subject. I mean, could he be looking at the same career-ending aspect as Dale Jr., the man he replaced? Absolutely. I mean, look at it this way. It took out the last driver from the Earnhardt era. It forced him to retire. And as you said earlier, Chris, Carl Edwards walked away at pretty much the height of his career. And, you know, you said it yourself. His wife's a doctor. I did not know that. Uh, His wife is a doctor. Well, was she? Uh, A a brain doctor, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you a lot right there. if she said to him five, six years ago, because I believe it's been five or six years, um, you know, hey, listen, Carl. The end of 2016. Wow, it's going to be seven years. Wow. Um, yep. You know, this isn't good. We need to, like, you really need to look at this. And he could have had tests done because he had headaches all the time. Who knows? Right. Right. But when you're and, seeing... and they said continue to say, Craig Moore. I've continued the story out of the garage is there's drivers walking around or have been walking around with significant head injuries, and they have not said a word. They have not said what drivers, but I have heard from every direction the same quote. There are drivers that are in the garage that have refused to admit that they are hurt. Yeah, they don't want to lose their spot. They don't want uh, they don't want NASCAR to put them on the shelf until they get cleared. I mean, thank God for Dale Jr. A couple of years ago, when he finally retired, what was that 2017, 2018, somewhere in around there? Yeah, he, he, um, he did his last few rides in 2017. You know, um, he was smart enough to walk away. Carl Edwards, 2016, smart enough to walk away. Kurt Busch, finally. Is smart enough to walk away and say, listen, I, I, I've had enough. I don't really want to, but for the betterment of myself and my family, I think it's a good idea. You know, it just, it brings it into light. As safe as these cars are there, or as they, they're supposed to be, they're not really. And I love when people say, well, yes, they are. They you. really are safe. You know, I love when I mean, people say, well, nobody's really died in this car. Well, that's a good thing. That's, I mean, that's something, I guess, not to be or to be celebrated, but not to be celebrated because uh, who wants to lose a driver? We lost one 20 years ago. That was enough. 22 right, years ago. Right, and so, that's where this gets, you know, that's where this gets pretty serious because we are talking about life and death. We We want... We want this sport to be safe, but we also understand that it's a sense of danger to it. And there's guys from the top all the way to your local uh, bus car class. Those guys, they all put their same helmets on, their fire suits, and you hope like hell they got enough belt in there to keep them in. 
because uh, if they go for a ride, there's a chance that they could be hurt. And, you know, I think that that's the allure to it. I I know that there's European racing where they're not allowed to get anywhere near fenders. And, uh, you, you know, they're called for, you know, leaving the course of the, of the race. Right? But they also do a bunch of road course racing. And I think after we've watched seven or eight road courses this year, I'm pretty freaking sick of them uh, myself. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> We'll stay on topic here. Kurt Busch, of course, you know, the the driver who has walked away now from NASCAR. How convenient that Tyler Reddick was signed a year early. Um, things that make you go, hmm, I'm not saying mm. that Kurt Busch, yeah, may not have been, I mean, he may have been coached to walk away. It's, uh, I hate to say it, but Toyota fired both Bushes in the same year. Craig, what's your thoughts on that? Let's go there. Did we lose Craig? Say, did we lose him? No, uh, I'm Dad, here. I'm here. I was switching the speaker. Okay. All right, go ahead, Craig. Dad, you want to take it first? Okay. Take Whatever. it first, guys. Somebody take it. <laughs> what? I just think it's funny we lost. You said maybe it was Toyota. Maybe Toyota did say, hey, you know what? It's time. We need a younger driver. We need somebody that can help. You can help in the front office. You can help at the team level. Um, and until you're 100%, hey, who knows? Maybe Kurt could be a test driver. If he gets cleared, what better way to have someone test your cars than somebody who knows about them? I mean, it's not like throwing Dale Jr. in your car um, to run a couple of test laps. So, I mean, it right. could work out in 2311's benefit. And I do want to ahead, say Jeff. that Kurt Busch never said that he had a career-ending injury. He said that he would not be in full-time competition in the 2023 race season. Taz Taylor. Yeah, Kurt Busch, um, in my – in my honest opinion, I don't think Toyota uh, heavily influenced Kurt uh, to step away, in my honest opinion. Um, I really do believe um, a lot of the influence came on the doctors, and Kurt kind of, you know, hit the reality check. Um, do I believe Toyota may have influenced them in some way? Yeah, but not as much as probably, and I may be wrong on this aspect, but this is, but um, I feel like maybe you, maybe I think Toyota wasn't as influenced into Kurt's decision as much as you guys may think or somebody else may think. Um, but whichever direction Kurt goes, as Miss Lee said, he'll be a huge asset um, for racing and uh, or maybe just go towards Monster Energy and uh, help the brand in the motorsports world and whatever. Um, there was something that I did see uh, with Kurt's announcement that uh, the, the reason why uh, it's been taking so long is because he's at the 90 to 95% better mark. But at today's, at today's rate of competing um, in sports, you have to be 100% all the time. And especially at the uh, in the motors world and in the 
level the Cup Series is racing at right now, um, 90 to 95% ain't going to get you basically anywhere. So, and he's, there's something, I don't remember what it was called, and I forgot to uh, write it down and prep myself for today's show. But he, there's something with his vision to where um, in certain movements he does, it takes him a few moments to get his vision and his eyes caught up to what he's doing and whatnot. So now we know why um, it's been so long because we all, we're all sitting here like it's a concussion, but we didn't think it was that bad. Well, hearing the announcement and what was going on, we now know why it was this long, and we know it's this bad. Um, that's why we hence on the whole Bowman deal to start the show, and uh, good thing on Chris's part to bring that up. As for um, the deal with Reddick to get over, um, I do believe uh, Toyota and 2311 kind of teamed up and said, hey, get him over now. And I think that's where Kurt Busch came in and said, uh, it kind of played a role into this part. I personally believe uh, Kurt Busch handpicked Tyler Reddick and trying to get them, uh, get him over with the organization because obviously he's he's a talent. You can't ignore it. And he's helped bring RCR to um, bring back some of its rele- relevancy that I used to have before they had their downfall. And Kurt Busch, I believe, you know, capitalized on the opportunity of, okay, let's try getting him over. Um, this will help our team in the long run. Mean that he's he's young, he's got he's got a lot of talent, and if we help him, he's going to help us in the long term sense. Right. Well, and, and you know there was a pie out. Uh, somebody decided uh, that it was not. Yeah, I'm hearing reports that Richard Childress thought that it wasn't going to be feasible for him to start a new team and the resources that would have to go to that team along with the charter, which is something that we want to discuss later on here tonight. Um, the inflation of a charter is unreal right now, somewhere in the regards of $26 million. Um, it's uh, almost as if uh, they want the first year's sponsorship and the firstborn child. Uh, if they're, you know, I mean, that's how valuable these charters are right now, but we'll, we'll discuss that. Uh, later on, but obviously somebody put pieced it together to allow Tyler Reddick to go ahead and go to 2311. Conflicting reports there um, of actually why Tyler Reddick was released from his contract, but uh, a buyout of his contract. We don't know if Tyler Reddick bought his own contract or if Toyota bought it out. All of those things are something that I guess we'll find out on a podcast in the next and 10 years. I, I wanted to throw in, too, uh, quickly before we move on to the next topic. Uh, there was a question Josh for Barry. Childress as to um, there was a question to Childress over the weekend um, after the 2311 deal about if Childress was still going to field a third car that was originally planned for Reddick 
before he was bought out and heading over to Toyota. And Childress answered with, the, there will be a third car, but we're not releasing any details further until everything is finalized. So Childress oh. is expected a third. So Childress is going to feel wow. a third car. The question remains, will it be a full-time or part-time? And personally, it needs to be part-time because I don't uh, see anybody – I don't see um, anybody – uh, within at least the RCR organization, ready to try to uh, run full time. Plus, um, Childress needs to really focus on the two cars and make sure that not only does his, you know, rhinestone, rhinestone grandson over there freaking uh, get going, and also needs to make sure that Kyle Busch helps RCR not only on the cup side and boost the program, but also uh, help on the developmental end because Kyle's going to be, got to be bringing KBM over to Chevy, which means RCR in a sense will have a ladder of developmental through Xfinity and now trucks. Yep. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of assets. I think Austin Hill would probably be the, the driver, and you would possibly see him. He is such a hell of a road course racer. I mean, a, a super speedway racer. Uh, that I wouldn't doubt to see Childress put him in the Daytona 500 and possibly a few other uh, super speedway races as well. But uh, So we got big news out of Josh Berry. Of course, he's locked in. He's going to a championship bid. Uh, probably not on everybody's radar at the beginning of the year. Uh, this one probably had pretty good odds uh, with uh, Josh Berry uh, making it to the championship. Is he a valuable threat? Uh, if he's in a junior motorsports car, I don't see how we could not say he's not a valuable threat. Um, he just inked a couple-year deal, I think, to stay into the eight car, or maybe just a one-year deal, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, So, Josh Berry, things are only up and up for him everybody's talking that he's going to make it to the cup series i'm not sure where he's going to go uh, but josh berry could be the next uh hot topic for 2023 Craig, yeah i'm excited to see what's going to happen with barry it was kind of a um it was kind of a it's kind of weird and you and think about it this way a driver wins a race he qualifies for the next round, and then they announce his contract extension. <laughs> it's almost like, I mean, and we know it was pretty much probably a done deal, but it's almost like they wanted to see if he was going to advance before they made the announcement. I wish they would make these announcements <laughs> earlier. You, see, you get yeah, what I mean? You see <laughs> Yeah, dangling a carrot over his head. Yeah. Right. Right. You need to win this. You're not getting this. So no, we we um, we know business doesn't work like that. Right. So I mean, I'm excited for him. I think it's a good thing. I think that uh, you know he's got a lot to prove. I don't know where he would go in junior motorsports if he's going to be the face for the Cup Series in the in 2024. 
Um, that'll definitely be interesting. You know, to say the least, that'll definitely be interesting. Um, but I'm excited Nobody can to see, see maybe a uh, maybe a 48 car. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, he had influence with uh, Bowman being there, so uh, you know. If Hendrick decides to bring in the next big talent, because that's another thing that we didn't want to, we didn't want to. That's too much. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, anyway, uh, you know, with the whole idea that uh, Alex Bowman gets let go by Hendrick because basically Hendrick knows that he's damaged goods. Uh, this happened with Ricky Craven, right? Uh, Ricky Craven was a Hendrick driver, got hurt at Hendrick. Hendrick didn't hang on to him much longer after he was hurt. And we got to wonder about Jimmy Johnson as well. I'm just to throw a name out there. We, we've, we've recorded a few hits by Jimmy Johnson and uh, wondered why Hendrick may have possibly just wanted uh, Jimmy out of the race car. Uh, because uh, yeah. Jimmy has not acted like he's wanted to quit racing. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, I hate to throw out conspiracy theories, but... Oh, I love them. Oh, I know. I said that as a backhanded comment because I love them too. We're pretty good at it here at Race Jet Live. Um, hey, we come up with stuff though. <laughs> yeah, we come up with stuff, and then it usually comes to fruition. So it's kind of like a Nostradamus moment. Moment. But no, I, I'm definitely interested to see what goes on with Barry's career. I'm excited that he's made the Final Four. Uh, for, I almost said Phoenix for. For uh, yeah, for Phoenix Xfinity. rather. Yeah, for the Xfinity yeah, in the series in Phoenix. I'm I'm excited for that. I I hope that he does well. It'd be nice to see him. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him beat Gregson. Uh, if Gregson. So, uh, I've heard Dale Jr. pronounce Gregson, Gregson, Noah Gregson. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've been pronouncing his name wrong this entire time, but it's Noah. Gregson. So if we can now Gregson. pronounce Noah as yeah as Gregson, um, we will have to make sure that we keep that on file. It's Noah Gregson. So um, so it's kind of like it's not COVID. It's like it's not COVID nineteen. It's COVID nineteen. Man, how did we do shows through all that? Did we did we literally do shows through that entire time? Yes. <laughs> I'd love to go back and listen to them. What the hell did we have to talk about? <laughs> I, I don't really know. I mean, we talked racing, but yeah, yeah, um, I guess we did. Wow. We wow. we talked a little okay. politics. We talked a lot of racing. Or wait a minute, was it yeah, a we lot had to of talk politics and we racing? <laughs> It could have been a little oh, politics, man. or a lot of politics, a little racing. But anyway, we're we didn't really talk about racing, did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so like so Joey Logano, Joey Logano still stole the race. Uh, Ross Chastain looked like he was gonna, you know, he looked like he was there, man. It looked, look, first of all, I want everybody to know right now that 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 Craig Moore is the reason why we're on Tuesday night because Craig Moore come at us and said, "Look, we need to make sure that we have uh, the penalty reports." And I was like, "Man, yeah, penalty report this, penalty report that, whatever." Well, my friend, your NASCAR Damas moment is this weekend or this this show right here because obviously 
we have a major topic looming here uh, pretty soon that happened at this race uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, it wasn't just the craps table that was hot or the, uh, well, never mind. Um, uh, there, was, there was a hot action on the racetrack. Some hands were thrown. Um, but we'll get to that very soon. So Joey Logano steals it from Ross, Ch- Ross Chastain. It's so hard not to talk about it because it's on everybody's mind and it's been the subject of racing, but I refused to make him my top story. I refused. <laughs> Listen, I, I want to say this, Chris. I want to say this before we go any further. And I, I don't really care if we talk about that retard or not. Um, no, I do care. I want to. But yeah, yeah, it was a hell of a restart. Yeah, exactly. I said in the beginning of the year, guys, watch Ross Chastain. He's going to be a serious threat this year. You yes. all, yes, you did. Thought I was nuts. You thought I mm-hmm. forgot to take my medication. I swear I said it. And and I said, you watch. He's going to he's going to advance a lot further in this chase than anybody thinks he's going to. Receipts aren't going to be paid. He's until... got a target on his back. Right, and it's not the and it's not the dog. Um, but you know, kudos to him. I mean, he ran a hell of a race too. And then Joey Logano on the restart to catch him and and pass him. I mean, that's just. I mean, <laughs> tires. that was a good plot battle. Tires is the one that, you know, tires, 13 lap pressure tires won that race. Um, I think, you know, you could see that uh, Logano was going to be able to track him down. Now, I'm telling you, he put more blocks out than uh, 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 than a defensive back, right? Um, he, he had more blocks than Monotombo, uh, the, the basketball player. So, uh, yeah, um, Ross Chastain tried to defend the position. It just didn't, uh, it just didn't work out in his behalf. But, Kuda, look, he blocked a blocker, baby. And, 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 you know, Joey Logano eventually just took the lead and pulled away. Listen, that race, the end of that race, and that, that battle between those two were as good as Roll Tide Roll and Tennessee mm. Saturday night. Yeah, they that made was it a hell of a goalpost in the river. That was stupid. Uh, Taz Taylor, let's not talk about Alabama. Taz Taylor. Oh, boy. Las Vegas. What a race that was, man. Um, hey, there was out a the lot prediction. of excitement there. I pulled out yeah. the prediction of Logano winning. Um, there was yeah, a lot of you get a cookie. They, there was a lot of good moments in there. Uh, Justin Haley played played the gamble card. Uh, was running up front with Chase Briscoe. That was mm-hmm. weird because Briscoe was quiet. Um, yeah. Uh, Chase wow. Elliott quiet all race long, which was uh, something that we're not used to seeing. I guess if I guess in certain aspects you can say that, but uh, being that Chase Elliott was the high point guy at the end of the regular season and uh, has all these wins with the playoff points, you would think that he would keep the performance going, and unfortunately this week didn't give him that. 
and Logano capitalized once again. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. He did. He really did. And he's going to race uh, for a championship. Uh, Craig, I think you got a stat of the day, right, about Joey Logano. I do, and I learned it earlier today. Um, he has only made it to the championship for the last on only years that end in even numbers. So, dating back to when this this new format first started, what seven six years ago? So eight years ago. So I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty weird uh, stat. And his car number is twenty two. So his car number adds up to an even number. He's only made the final four in any year that ends in an even number. Could this be the year that he wins his second championship? We'll have to see. It's funny you mentioned this there, Craig, because um, they were saying on the broadcast that drivers who have won the first race of the round of eight, um, in the round of eight uh, round for the playoffs, uh, I think they've won the championships three or four times in the last six years. So Logano can favor into that stat, and it's funny that you do mention that. Yeah. Wow. That is a hell of a stat. Huh. So he's going in as the favorite to win. Now let's let's you know, Miss Lee said she wanted to uh to come on board as well. If she wants to come on the board with this one. Look, we all know the the black sheep in the room right now, the monkey on our back. Oh, um, oh, oh. Look, I'm just glad NASCAR come in and did what would be appropriate for any other driver. I would want this type of suspension, this type of discipline levy to any driver, including my driver. I think NASCAR was fair in suspending Bubba Wallace for one race for wrecking Kyle Larson. I have so many times wanted to get bowled up about all of it, and then I then I take a step back, and I'm like, you know what? Seriously. NASCAR did a good job. Thoughts? Craig, we'll start with you. Well, First of all, I don't think it was strong. I don't think the penalty that he got was strong enough. He got a one-race suspension. Big deal. There was no money fine. There was no fine. Um, he didn't even mention Kyle Larson in his apology that I'm aware of. Um, I just, yeah, because we all know what Taz is going to do. Um, I just think that his his... His penalty was not stiff enough. Um, I forget what driver was on race. Oh, Trevor Bain said he got fined $20,000. He got fined $20,000 for not walking to the ambulance when he got hurt. They They did not levy a fine on Wallace. For putting his hands on the on an official in any other sport, if he'd have put his hands on an official, he would have been done. 
Now, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Busch, when he got sat a few years ago for the truck race, didn't his sponsors levy some type of fine as well? Like, didn't they – I thought they had levied some type of fine against him. Um, because, honestly, and somebody said this on the Race Chat Live page, and I agree. If I was his sponsors, I would be pissed. It is a – I'm sure they were. black and blue mark on them. He's representing them. And – to do that, first of all, it looked like he hit like a bitch. Um, even with his lunge, he went down to one knee. looked like he was getting ready to propose. Um, the, the first thing I hey. said was, oh, my God, it's a race war. No, oh, God, but, that's what – I mean, yeah, like what are the coincidences of Bubba going after the Kyle Larson, right? Like I thought they were right. friends. They come through the same program. Right, they, they exactly. come up at the same time, so maybe there's a lot of animosity built uh, by Wallace uh, to towards uh, Larson. Um, maybe it's in his inner feelings. Of, maybe he took offense to what uh, Larson said. Maybe, maybe the the real issue goes even deeper. Who knows, man? He may, you know, this this could be stemmed from, uh, you know, Larson using that word. We don't know, um, but something set Bubba Wallace off, and he was willing to well, say that he wasn't going to lift for nobody. So um, nobody was obviously uh, Kyle Larson that uh, that day. And you know, I, and I look at it like this: they, they, he said he wasn't going to lift. Everybody's making a big deal about the picture where his throttle was full open. He said he wasn't going to lift. What he didn't, what he said was. My steering gave out. Yeah. Well, car can look at all of that. Obviously, no they looked at it and they realized his steering didn't go and get a give out. Um. So, and he was still running full throttle. So the hit was intentional. Again, I I think. I think yeah, I agree with Miss. I agree with Miss Lee. She just said that uh, she feels that the statement from 2311 wasn't strong enough. I hated what he said about a Toyota teammate, too, um, when Marty Snyder said um, about Christopher Bell. He says, well, that's just sports. Dude, that is such bullshit. That's a Toyota teammate of yours that you took out in your two-year-old fit of anger. We got the four-year-old granddaughter here, and she throws a fit for about 30 seconds. Imagine doing that with with the injury level, the way that it is in NASCAR. The way that he clipped him and hooked him, it was a good thing that that car hit the. And I and I say this, and you'll understand what I'm saying in a minute. It's a good thing that that car hit driver's door first, almost, because if it would have hit head on. It would have been another Earnhardt because that's how damn close that was. So I personally don't think the, the penalty was harsh enough. I think they should have. I think they should have sat him for the rest of the season. They'd have fined him a hundred thousand dollars, and then they should have made him write a twenty-page essay on why 
why he thought that that was necessary. Maybe the essay is a little, he probably can't write more than one paragraph. But I just think that the penalty wasn't strong enough. And Kudos to NASCAR for not backing down. No. I mean, I, I mean I, uh, So, but that's all that. I got on that. All right. Yeah, then try mute yourself. To just try to keep it as clean as possible. And if I don't, I strongly apologize ahead of time. And I hope nobody This was your driver. It. Right. So, yes. Larson. Yes. I've been a Larson fan since he joined Ganassi and was making a name for himself. So, I'll back that up first before I get anywhere. He... He's now my number one driver since he came back in Johnson West. So, with that being said, Larson was fighting a loose car. And I know when you look back at the replay, it can be hard to tell in certain instances. And Bubba ended up being squeezed. Was it intentional? No. Larson kept on trying to give him room. Was it much at the end? No. But Bubba could have kept going and instead turned into Hubba Bubba, you little mother sucker. Let's turn <laughs> this guy right into the freaking dang than I wall. Right into the freaking <laughs> dang wall. Ruins his teammates' chances of trying to better himself into the playoffs. And also, costed Larson to help uh, Hendrick out in the owner's point side. Because Kyle Larson and the five team, even though they're out of the driver's playoffs, they're still in the game for the owner's playoffs. So Bubba really costed not only one, but two cars playoff chances. Hmm. And... I swear, and I'm glad NASCAR took action, and as Craig had said, I agree with him, the punishment was not enough. Bubba's apology was BS. That was fake. That was I got it not right an apology here. Well, from him. No. That's an apology from his PR person. And if it was an apology from yeah. Bubba, he'd be doing a video po- apology and post it on social media and showing his emotions on this crap. And well, let's hear what, what 2311 said. Hold on, hold on. Let me read what 2311 said. 2311 is a line with NASCAR on the one race suspension issued to Bubba. We understand the need for the series to take a clear stand on the incident that took place at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Bubba's actions are not in keeping with the values of our team and partners. We have spoken to Bubba and expressed our disapproval of how he handled the situation. Bubba has made impressive strides this season. And this experience is an opportunity for him to further learn and grow as a competitor in NASCAR. As a result of the penalty, John Hunter Nemechek will drive the 45 this weekend at Homestead. Uh, you know, is this a, a learning experience, really? Like we have to, we have to a 10-year veteran in the sport. We we have to uh, remind them that uh, you don't put people's lives in danger, not on purpose. 
Like you fight on pit road or you wreck somebody under caution, but not at 180 miles an hour? Well, what freaking Einstein do we need to figure that out? Pass. Uh, like I said, his apology means absolutely nothing to me. I would, if I could see his raw emotion, if he did a video apology message, then I would say something otherwise. But his apology means basically squat. NASCAR did not do enough. I would say two race suspension plus a fine, and it better be a hefty fine at that. And just that's in the official. And, oh, yeah, you're touching the official. You disrespect a media member who's only trying to do his job. He was not even fishing anything else. Hey, hey, you quit fishing. freaking quit concern. Fishing. Quit fishing, Marty. He didn't even show concern for freaking Bell in his goddamn interview. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Hey, I'm using the curse words oh tonight. Wow. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Dead gubbit. All right. So uh, that's, uh, you know, some of us, hey, I'm great. I'm thankful that NASCAR <laughs> understood the situation and they needed to make uh, a statement. Whether or not Listen, that Chris, statement was loud enough, I think that we'll, we'll all have our opinions on that. But Chris, I think that we can all agree. Thank you, NASCAR, for, for making that move. Yes. Chris, real quick, um, from the post that we shared earlier from RacingNews.co, uh, we have some comments on our page. I just wanna, I just wanna touch base on them. Gail Chris, who her son Joe is a flagger at Fonda Speedway, among other places, said basically a slap on the wrist. This is pathetic. A race car, ba- a race car can be potentially deadly weapon, and sometimes terrible things happen unintentionally. They're called accidents, but when it is deliberate and there is physical contact as well, that warrants a very severe penalty. Not to mention, he also had contact with an official, at least from what I could see. No penalty for that. One race suspension is just not enough. That's the general sentiment is on the the post, uh, that a one-week race suspension is not nearly enough. And, uh, you know, as I think we all can say, well, I don't know. I don't fully remember your comments on it, but uh, I just think it's, I just think a one race suspension. I agree with our readers that uh, one week was not, uh, not enough. And then I'll quit pitching. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, we want to continue to see boys have at it. We want a storyline. We want a hot topic, uh, but we don't need to hook somebody in the left rear or the right rear. At 180 miles an hour. Um, we don't need to see that kind of race in Talladega or at uh, a place like Las Vegas. What we get at Martinsville and Bristol and even Phoenix, um, those are speeds at a lot, uh, you know, slower rate. Uh, Kansas, Pocono, these racetracks, Las Vegas, they're career enders if, if, if uh, hit in certain areas. Um, we've seen that, obviously, firsthand. Um, so, you know, let's save the uh, the retaliations uh, for racetracks that are intended for that type of style racing, not our mile and a half or above speedways. Um, so, obviously, there was some interesting news as we move on to the next 
uh, topic. And I think that uh, we've all kind of expressed how we felt about this certain topic. We have Gene Haas comments on future of race team and possible driver changes. Uh, we've been told that uh, that uh, Kevin Harvick is not expected uh, to race at Stuart Haas Racing in 2024, and also Eric Amarola. Uh, the reason why this has come up is because Gene Haas stated uh, on the grid uh, the day of the race at Las Vegas that uh, Tony Stewart wants to see Ryan Priest in the 41, but Gene Haas wants to give Cole Custer another year. I know we can all have our opinion on this one, but we'll start with uh, let's start with let's, with Taz this time. What was the topic this time? <clears throat> Gene Haas. So he oh, he wants Haas to put in Ryan Priest. Priest. So Stuart Haas, yeah, Stuart Haas is a full topic in itself. Kevin Harvick retiring, Eric Amarola retiring, Ryan Priest in the wing. Uh, Tony Stewart wants Ryan Priest uh, in the forty-one. Gene Haas says, no, he wants to keep Cole Custer there. What's going on at Stuart Haas? How do we fix it? Well, um, let's see. I, I'm i on Stuart's side of this deal, being that Priest has more value, more drive than Custer does. And I believe the only reason why Haas is keeping Custer in the car and the excuse he gives, honestly, is a cover-up. Um, Custer's only there because of money. Mm-mm. No, I don't know what kind of money. I don't know what kind of money Priest brings in, mm. but Priest brings in more talent than Custer does. Mm-hmm. And I so can agree I'm with on that. Stuart's side of this deal. And screw freaking Gene Haas. And Gene Haas needs to look at driver talent. What's going to boast his team? to get championships done, especially when he's, if he's looking at Harvick and Almorola leaving the team after 2023. It's like, hello, open up your eyes, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, Cole Custer, obviously he went down and raced in Xfinity and won a race, so I don't think that uh, Cole Custer is lacking uh, very much talent. I'm just not sure if he's getting the right resources that he needs in the 41 car. Uh, Craig, what's your idea on that? I mean, Priest, Priest is waiting in the wings. Do you do you crush a young man's confidence by sending him back down to the minor leagues to pull up Ron Priest, or do you keep Ron Priest in the fold for one more year and see what Gold Custer can can get? Because Basically, for back-to-back years, he's finished 26th in the point standings. Yeah. Well, that puts a little bit of a um, spin on what I was going to say, but how long has Custer raced at uh, SHR? Two years? This is his third, second or third full-time season. I think it's Uh, third. I believe third, right? Yeah, because Kurt Busch went to uh, Chip Ganassi for two years. So I guess my thing is I understand that these are high-money rides and people need to produce. But is he giving – is he given the best of the equipment at SHR to do that? Or is he getting (laughs) – was he getting – 
was he getting Dale Jr. style equipment at DEI in his last couple of years? Um, I guess you have to look at it that way. And I understand the last two seasons he's finished 26 or worse. But again, I'll look at what you're giving him. Bringing up Ryan Kreese, I could tell you that Mike is, is I am sure, if that happens, good old stats is jumping up and down for joy up above because he loved Ryan. He loved him from Ryan Priest. Um, Look, I, I would push out Riley Herbst, and I would put Ryan Priest in the full-time number 98 monster machine next year. I would run for a championship because there's not – there's not very, you know, the the Xfinity series is basically getting purged this year with all the good drivers. Um, so, you know, basically you're setting yourself up for a, a run at a championship next year with an experienced driver, and then you wait in the wing and you allow Priest uh, to replace Harvick and or Amarola, and you and you shop for the next big free agent, free agent possibly a Josh Berry or something like that to fill the other slot. Yeah, I just don't see I, I just don't see how you get rid of a guy two years in and wash your hands of him or send him down to your Xfinity program and not expect to kill his confidence. Right. I mean, not everybody can be a Jimmy Johnston of this sport. Um or or a Ross Chastain or a uh Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick in his heyday. So I, I right, we're talking about a driver who's he's, he's he's won a championship in the Xfinity Series. He's won races in the Xfinity Series. He's won races in the Cup Series. So um, you know it takes five six years for some of these drivers to right. really get the groove going. Eric Amarola didn't show anything in the first five years. You know, and they're they're hanging on to him. Hell, he hasn't really showed much in the last ten years. To be honest right. with you. <laughs> so I mean, you know, why are you gonna hang on to that guy and then and, and kick Custer out? Uh, Taz, what's your thoughts on Custer, and Ryan Priest, and or have you already have you already been there? Yeah, you've already been here, Ed. Yeah, I want Priest in the forty-one instead of Custer. But I would put it this way: if you want to mention Xfinity. If Stuart Haas really wants to develop drivers through the Ford program some way, somehow, in somewhat, you know, uh, competitive equipment, I would expand your Xfinity team to two cars for next year, keep Riley Herbst, see what the hell he does, put Ryan Priest in it, and if Priest somehow whoops the living effing hell out of Riley Herbst and you got you got your point proven and Gene Haas can eat it. <laughs> Ryan Priest is a very talented race car driver. There is not a doubt in my mind about that. And he um, was in Joe Gibbs he was in Joe Gibbs equipment in the Xfinity program and he was competing for wins out of the bat. Yep. Straight out of the box. Yes. For sure. Um, so, you know, he's probably a more talented race car driver than Cole Custer. Does that mean that you throw Cole Custer down the drain and bring in Ryan Priest? 
Tony Stewart thinks that's the way business should be run. But now Tony Stewart's also, he's pretty mad about how things have been going. And, you know, if it was up to him, he would have both Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson driving for his organization. Uh, But somebody keeps holding Kyle, uh, Tony Stewart back. And I'm just, I think we're at the end of the Stewart-Haas relationship. It's been going on since 2009. So uh, we could definitely uh, be at that time where, you know, these two partners may want to go their separate ways. Ty Dillon will join Corey LaJoy at Spire Motorsports. Now, I listened to Ty Dillon's interview earlier, and I'm not sure if you guys did or not, but he basically said that, look, he was kind of lied to about what was going to go on there at GMS Petty, uh, Petty GMS Racing. Uh, did you guys catch that interview? No, sir. Yeah, he was basically disappointed. I- uh, how he was treated at uh, Petty GMS and was told that, you know, he was a long-term investment and then found out pretty early in the season that he was not going to be returning uh, to Petty GMS. Um, it's one thing to kind of, you know, talk shit about your uh, boss man once you leave, but uh, he's talking shit about his boss man while he's still there. <laughs> not a very smart move by Todd Dillon. Uh, hey, this is a significant move. I mean, Spire, Spire Motorsports. I mean, we've, we've, you know, this is a team that has a win, but for the most part, they suck. Um, is this a move in the right direction, or is this just a seat filler situation? Or is somebody looking for a pop pop handout? Maybe that's what this is. So, the mention that you said of. Chris, where Ty Dillon kind of uh, took made a slap in the face of Petty GMS, and this was on Toby Christie's uh, Twitter account, and he said that Ty Dillon feels uh, this team, which he mentioned Spire, is more genuine, honest, and loyal than his last team, which is Petty GMS. So either Petty pretty much signed him to give him a shot and fill a ride, and or um, they really saw something in Ty. They backed out of it, pretty much backstabbed him, and he pretty much said, screw you, I'll go elsewhere. And Spire entered the conversation. Although it will be odd to see um, Spire's 77 card not be full filled up with uh, part-timers. Yeah, and, and and Josh Balicki, man. I mean, I like Josh Balicki. Unfortunately, uh, I think this will be the uh, the end of his participation in the cup level. Um, Craig, is there any significance to this at all? We're talking about a backmarker team. Uh, we're talking about Ty Dillon. Um, you know, who? Yeah, I'm just surprised Papa didn't sign him somehow, some way, and and fill another car for him. Maybe, maybe that's the plan. Maybe he's going to get uh, some seat time, and Papa is going to put him in that third car next year, um, halfway through the season. Maybe that's the arrangement. We'll have to see. No, I think that I mean, there is. A, I may be wrong. But I have heard for quite a while that there is a clause 
uh, at Richard Children's Racing where he cannot have both of his grandchildren racing for the company. I think that uh, that's probably coming from investors, sponsor investors, or something to that. So everybody's always wondered why Ty Dillon hasn't raced at Richard Children's Racing in the cup level. And I believe that that has something to do with the paperwork on uh, how Richard Childress uh, runs his business, uh, not having both of his grandchildren employed as race car drivers. I think it's probably a sponsor thing or something to that effect, but uh, I've never ha- ha- actually had that verified. Uh, is see anything on Ty Dillon? Ty Dillon seems to be, a, you know, kind of a washout uh, anywhere that he goes. Um he did pop, pop a favor. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. You know, Petty got a lot of cars uh, from Richard Childress. So, you know, that relationship was probably started on one, and then, you know, Mr. Gallagher, Steve Gallagher, decided to go in another direction, uh, especially if he wasn't getting really much of a handout from, from Richard Childress. Uh, let's go to the fourth topic of the night. As we're closing in, yeah, we still got good time going on now. Um, let's forward. Oh, the charters, the charter system. So Dale Jr. basically come out and said that they had a chance to buy a charter at two million dollars. They did not take that, uh, and now the asking price is somewhere in the ballpark of twenty-six million dollars. Jr. says that that's an inflated price. And that the charters are not actually worth that value unless you're willing to pay for them. But I've been told from hobby collectors something is worth what somebody's willing to pay for. Now, I'm not seeing people paying $26 million uh, for a charter because we're not seeing one sold at that price. Um, First of all, there's several complexities to this uh, situation here. Um, I think that, you know, Dale Jr. was an idiot not to buy that charter at $2 million. At what point in time did they think that it was not going to uh, be worth more value? It's kind of like getting in early with Bitcoin, right? Uh, Dale Jr. should have seen the writing on the wall. A little bit of a mismanagement there almost. Um, because there's, you know, there's a certain clause in NASCAR where if you run at the bottom level, 34th or 35th, uh, 36th even, I think uh, for a consecutive amount of years, you can uh, basically lose your charter. Uh, is that something that Junior Motorsports is banking on? I, I mean, it, I don't really know which direction to go other than, yes, I believe that the charter price is inflated, but even at an asking price of $26 million, uh, the fine median in that is somewhere around $16 million. So that's still a very uh, large uh, uh, purchase by anybody trying to get into the sport. What are your thoughts on this, Craig Moore? Well, first of all, $26 million sounds like they want to pay the first uh, year of sponsorship. and yeah, so and that they born. And, and, you know, a year's salary, uh, part of a year's salary. That's the way it sounds to me. But, you know, I don't – I think $26 million, if nobody's ever paid it, that's a a steep asking price. That's, you know, that's like uh, 
doing a delivery doing a delivery for DoorDash and inflating the price by like seven hundred percent just so you mm-hmm. can cover something. I mean that's just thirty dollars for no, Yeah. You know. It it just <laughs> makes no sense to me and I can't see why anybody in their right mind um would pay that. And you could be right. Uh, Junior could be waiting for somebody to um, pretty much lose their charter, and then he swoops in and saves the day and puts Josh Berry in his cup ride. Yeah, I think he missed it. I really do. I think that he missed it, and he missed uh, a golden opportunity uh, to invest into one of these charters in the beginning. And if Junior Motorsports... Uh, was serious about going into the Cup Series, then he should have taken uh, that leap of faith at the time where they were one or two million worth one or two million dollars. But because it's hard to come to the table when it's worth you know uh, a thousand times that, and say, oh yeah, well we could have gotten in at this. Well now you're kind of standing there looking like an idiot because I don't think that at any point in time are you going to be able to buy one of these charters for two million dollars. Not anymore. No, Dad Taylor. Not anymore. I'm just surprised Junior hasn't even uh, made any sort of attempt to get uh, a charter or a shoe, or or at least even get say, um, say like an open car in racing certain races. You know, at least get your feet wet in it. See if this is something that junior motorsports can invest in long-term. Well, I don't necessarily want to say long-term, but for at least a few years before NASCAR probably changes the car again, and we'll see another generation of a car. But um, I just, uh, junior needs to find a way to capitalize on this before it becomes too late. Because as Miss Lee put in here, uh, and they talk about trying to make racing more affordable and equitable for lower funded teams. Well, Junior, hello. Here's the door opening. If you are not seeing the the sunshine at the end of that freaking door, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Uh, I think well, Junior's yeah, seeing yeah. it as he he believes that a race team, the probability of a race team failing and ba- and being able to liquidate that price is a hell of a lot more uh, worth the business uh, model than paying twenty six million dollars for uh, for for a charter. So I do believe that you're playing the game of I'm the rich man on the hill. And I can get this at a lower rate, at a lower price when somebody's in trouble. I, I, I believe that's what Dale Jr. is actually saying to us. Craig, I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to point out that, you know, Dale Jr. doesn't exclusively own Junior Motorsports. Um, you know, his sister Kelly is the CEO and co-owner. So, He's pretty much got to get permission or, or her blessing because she's handling pretty much the day-to-day operations at Junior Motorsports. And she may look at him and go, Junior, this would be a good investment if. 
She didn't get to where she is at by being stupid. She is her daddy's girl. So, yeah, that makes it's, uh, it's hard to argue, Craig. Come on now. You had a chance to buy a charter at $2 million. Junior's worth like $100 billion, okay? You know, Junior Motorsports is probably worth every bit of, uh, you know, $800 million. So you could have spent $2 million on on turning your $800 million company into a $3.5 billion enterprise in 20 years. And you missed that opportunity. So how smart is she, Craig? How smart is you know Kelly Earnhardt. Have we found that the 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 being in the 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 chip in the armor here uh, is is Kelly as smart as what we have given her up until now? Considering that you know they did not move in on a charter that was worth at the time two million dollars. I mean, as much money as you have and as much collateral as you have, seems like that would have been the appropriate time. But they weren't interested, so to speak, in being a cup race team until now. So let's remember that yeah. as well. Taz, what's your thoughts? I think what you said pretty much hit the spot on. I mean, Junior could have invested um, some of his money into getting something started for the cup program because at this point, um, <laughs> if Junior's really – trying to, say, recruit drivers and put, you know, sole belief into them, into their talents, like Josh Berry, for being that Josh Berry was a late model driver. No one knew who the hell he was up up until Junior gave him, uh, Junior gave him a shot in the Xfinity for part-time, and he took advantage of it and signed him full-time for uh, Xfinity this year. Josh Berry's now locked into championship four, which I had my expectation of him being there, but I did not expect Josh Berry to be like a one of those quiet drivers, I guess you could say, in terms of how to get there. But yeah, my points. Are with that being right. with that being said, um, it still mind blows me that. Junior keeps on getting talks of the cup program, but hasn't done anything about it. Like, and I understand that he doesn't want to invest just to end up failing. But I haven't, but with Junior Motorsports of how that's progressed and the amount of talent that Junior's produced out of Junior Motorsports itself, minus Brandon Jones, but we'll get to that point next year anyways. Uh, he's and there's only so much room for Chevy to go Junior can't just sit back and play in the shadows of Hendrick anymore and he's got to find an open door to get into Cup so that some of the talent he's producing and bringing up are staying with him and he's still being loyal to them I'm actually well, looking just, up right now the original. Go ahead. Dale Jr.'s current net worth is $300 million. Kelly's is $500 million. So between them, they're just under a billion dollars. Um, 
The owners of Junior Motorsports are as follows. Dale Jr., Kelly Earnhardt, Rick Hendrick, and L.W. Miller. Now, that name don't sound real familiar, but uh, Kelly Earnhardt. L.W. Miller? Yeah, that is Kelly's husband. Yes, that's 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 Kelly's husband. He um, is the he is the the Kushner of <laughs> of the junior, of the Earnhardt family. He's the Jared Kushner right. of the Earnhardt family. Um. So, I mean, Junior Motorsports has a deep deep pockets as far as wealth goes. So, yeah, it was a dumb move on their part, and I said it. It's a dumb move for them not to have bought that charter at one to $2 million. Could they afford to buy it at twenty six? Absolutely. Would it be a good investment? Who knows? To further Taz's point, no, they don't. He doesn't have to get into Cup. Who's he going to put in there besides Josh Berry to uh, run that Cup car? He's got Sam Mayer to invest in. He could have thrown in Gregson if he had it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Gregson's mm-hmm. not Gregson. there right now, but Gregson. Gregson. Right. Gregson. Listen, and you know what? And I've said this before in the chat, and I'll say it again. If a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass either. There's a reason that J- Junior Motorsports has not gone into Cup yet. And I don't know if we'll ever know that reason. You know, it's obviously not money. It's obviously not sponsorship because I guarantee you he can get sponsorship for his team. I guarantee it. Somebody would jump on board or a bunch oh, of somebody I just want to read you, the, read you the names of a few of the charter, original charter owners, and you, you'll be left scratching your head because now it's only a you know, they, they, we're talking Petty GMS, we're talking Spire, we're talking Trackhouse, uh, we're talking all these new teams that have been created. J.T. Doherty, they had two two uh, two charters. Chip Ganassi, no longer in the sport. Circle Sport Racing, no longer in the sport. Jermaine Racing, no longer in the sport. Go Fast Racing, no longer in the sport. Premium Motorsports, which is now... I believe an affiliation of Rick Ware Racing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Stuart Haas Racing, of course. Front Row Motorsports, Richard Childress, JTD. Okay. BK Racing, uh, no longer a part of the sport. Harry Scott Motorsports, no longer a part of the sport. Richard Petty Motorsports, no longer a part of the sport. Furniture Row Racing, no longer a part of the sport. And last but not least, Tommy Baldwin Racing, no longer part of the sport. So half of the charters that were issued, they were the they were already they have already been sold off to other teams or been formed into other teams. So Junior Motorsports had ample time, plenty of opportunity. <laughs> to advance into a cup program when the writing's on the wall, only half of the charters are even in the same original spot and this was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. My time flies when you're having fun. He could have gotten the Jermaine or um ah shoot. 
Chris, you mentioned one of the names I can't think of. Oh, he could have bought the JTG one. Now, at least with the JTG one, there was at least a decent baseline to start with. And another one to throw yeah. in the hat, too, is, Le- is uh, Levine Family, but I think Spire ended up buying that charter, though. Yeah, did I, did I leave them out? Yeah, so I, I mean, I just, yeah, Tommy Baldwin Racing, for crying out loud. They had a charter. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, and didn't and Gaunt had, Brothers? Uh, junior. Didn't Gaunt Brothers have a charter? I know when Suarez was there, they were not chartered, but I could have swore they, they were chartered at one point before Suarez. They may have in. evolved. Yeah, th- this was the original charter holder. So there's been charters that have evolved over time. Uh, as you said, you know, I, I failed to mention the Wood Brothers. They eventually got a charter. Um, so, you know, um, yeah. Just a perspective there. I think that Junior is, uh, you know, a little bit, he's a dollar late and a day short, right? A dollar, a day late and a dollar short. And uh, he had plenty of opportunity to uh, invest and be sitting on three or four charters right now. Uh, he missed that. Uh, whether or not that's good business, I'm not sure. But it is – we're rolling right along, man. So let's get to the chase real quick. We know some, some couple of drivers had uh, pretty rough outings in the first race of this round. Uh, Chase Elliott. Not really looking good for him right now. Uh, Christopher Bell, really looking bad. Uh, you know, based off our four picks right now, Christopher Bell doesn't look very uh, very good. Uh, but we did get one with Joey Logano. So where do we stand right now with the chase? What are some scenarios as we roll into Homestead, uh, Taz? What are some things we need to watch for? Briscoe, right? Look at Briscoe. How does this guy keep getting points? They say Joey Logano doesn't have to points race, right? But if I'm a competitor, I want to take those points away from somebody else because, hey, I could potentially knock out a Chase Elliott or knock out um, uh, a Denny Hamlin if I still continue to chase the points. There's a lot of scenarios here, guys. Let's put our minds together. Taz. I was going to say when it – I was going to mention some of this um, when we got the picks, but I guess we'll jump the gun before that point, before we get the picks. Uh, there's Homestead, um, obviously known for multi-groove racing and such, right? And we have seen some drivers uh, win races there that we didn't entirely expect to see. Um, there are guys that are there right now uh, Briscoe's had success at Homestead before, so I would say right now, put him as a dark horse. Is he my pick for this week? No, but I would definitely list him as a dark horse. Um, one driver you can't ignore. Uh, he was eliminated early in the playoffs um, to do some damage here. That's Tyler Reddick. Another one to name off to throw out there is Kyle Busch, and he's not even in the playoffs. So I have – and Kyle Larson, of course, too, with Homestead. 
Christopher Bell is going to be another one. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, – so there's a lot of names to throw out there with Homestead. Um, and I do believe that this will ser- this race right here serves as the wild card of this round. And I think some people pinpointed Martinsville to be the little wild card. I think Homestead pretty much is because of the variety – of drivers have had success here, regardless if it's through, say, the trucks or Xfinity or, or shoot, even in the cup level, as a matter of fact. And with how some of these cars are running, um, we've seen these cars run more on the top side than uh, we've had seen in the Gen 6 era for quite a while. And we're seeing guys that can run the high side for instance, like our dirt drivers in Bell and Larson, for example, Reddick, we all know he loves running the high side um, at Homestead especially, and he's ran the high side very well at some of these other tracks with this car, so I would not be surprised if Reddick is knocking on the door. Um, obviously, Kyle Busch has, um, has had success there, being that he's won it, he's won a championship. Uh, at Homestead and won a race, at least one there. Uh, Logano, same deal too. So there's so much variety here that we're seeing. And being that, um, and being that right now, you're at very most, there's a 23 point cushion somewhere. And that is, Bell being under the cut line by 23 points, Bell could easily make that up if someone has a bad day. I mean, shoot, if you go back to the old uh, chase for the cup format, Jimmy Johnson uh, used to enter uh, Homestead with a solid point gap, and there would be times in the Homestead race where Johnson would lose that point gap because um, of the variety and he just wasn't keeping up to par. And luckily at the end, for him, he ended up becoming champion uh, on those years. But with how this new playoff format is, you can't rely on any cushion. And Chase Elliott, I hate to target him uh, in, for the in one aspect, but he built up somewhat of a gap in in the playoffs to start each round. And this gap gets shattered every round. Yes, but he still somehow pulls out wins. So, you know, uh, Christopher Bell is in a must-win situation already, I believe. Uh, but uh, this is a track that kind of favors their type of driving style. You, you're going to have your Tyler Rates, your Larson, uh, your Chastain, and Eric Jones, and uh, Christopher Bell. They're going to be running the high side here. Um, that's this is their type of racetrack, so uh, we'll see how that uh, how that works out. Craig, what's your thoughts on the chase and where they are right now? Well, I I think that uh, obviously the only one safe is Logano. Uh, I think that Chastain is safe, but as Taz said. 
anybody that anybody everybody is a threat this weekend. Well, except for Bubba, but uh, everybody's a threat this weekend to win. And if somebody outside of it wins outside of the the eight, it totally screws up the points. Um, so I think that you know people like Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick. Um, are are definite threats to win. So I think that you got to take that into consideration. Eric Almarola, people that like to run and run tough. Because um, really, Kyle Busch ain't got shit to lose. He's out of there in three weeks. Um, and, you know, we didn't even touch on the fact that his crew chief just got suspended for four races, including the clash at the castle. Uh, or at the Coliseum, rather. So I think that it's going to be – I think this weekend is, is going to be a telltale sign. Uh, I agree with Taz on another point. I think Taz and I are bed buddies tonight. We've been agreeing to quite a bit. Um, that it definitely – this definitely could be your wild card pick of the in this this series of races to get to the final four. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. Um, I would have liked to have gone to Miami, but I'll be in New York. We'll be in New York for the last wedding until Taz and Bree gets married in 2024. So uh, I was hoping to go down, but then I booked this wedding. So, uh, you know. But no, it's definitely this this race here is going. There's everybody's got a lot to lose. Christopher Bell wouldn't be on the outside looking in if you know Bubba would have just Bubba didn't pull his shit. Yeah, and Ooh. you know he would have. He wouldn't be on the outside looking in. He he had a solid car. So and so did Bubba, but you know. I, I'm just interested to see how it's all going to work out Sunday afternoon as we are uh, driving back south. I'll be listening to it on Sirius XM. All right. Well, we've gone to the topics. I guess we are uh, going to make our way out the door early here tonight. Uh, we've got uh, a picks coming up and. Uh, what else? Monday's headline. Black flag checker flag. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. So, black flag checker flag. Uh, let's start with uh, Craig. Checker flag Joey Logano and uh, Ross Chastain um, for the great racing action that they showed. So, they're going to get a double. We're going to give them, I'm going to give them each one. Uh, Chastain could have punted Logano if he wanted to. He chose not to. Um, just clean racing there. Um, I think that I think that maybe Chastain is is growing up a little bit, if you will. I mean, he's coming to Miami, which is his home track this weekend, and uh, he's got Kubota on the car. So I think he's he'll do he'll save his plow and for. Uh, He'll save his plow and for Phoenix, and he'll move people out of the way if he has to there. I don't think he's going to do it over the next two races. So, check the flag definitely to Joey and Ross for their 
their racing action this weekend, this past weekend. Black flag, I'm going to give it to NASCAR and Bubba Wallace. Um, Bubba for doing what he did, NASCAR for not penalizing him more than they did. Uh, I think that they set a precedence maybe with a one-race suspension. They would have set a bigger one with a $100,000 fine and a uh, Las Vegas could have been his last race of the season. So, check black flag goes to NASCAR and Bubba Wallace. Wallace for his actions and NASCAR for not doing enough for his actions. That's all I got. Yes. All right. So, my checker flag uh, will go to and it'll come as a shock to you, will not go to uh, Joey Logano on my end. My checker flag will go to Kyle Larson for being the bigger man and um, not doing anything stupid to not get fined and make things worse than what it already was. Um, And I'll give half a black flag to NASCAR for at least at least giving some sort of punishment, which will also lead to black flag. I'll give them half a black flag because the punishment was not harsh enough. I'm sorry. Bubba Wallace also gets the giant black flag of the goddamn week because you cannot sit there and lie to the media and say, oh, my steering broke. Steering broke my rear end. Screw you. (laughs) <laughs> Taz Taylor has been uh, He's been animated tonight um, I might have turned his mic off <laughs> Yeah he half curses though He half curses though He's like a toddler You know like they want to say it And they get close to it And then they uh, stop cause they, Gosh dog it they, Yeah Mother trucking Yeah 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 because he knows Miss Lee is watching, and he might get his hands slapped. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I guess it's my turn. Checker flag. Um, I, I, I'm in agreement with what NASCAR did. Uh, there's been a lot of times where I would say, you know, boys have at it. Like, don't interfere with that. Um I do have an issue with Kyle Larson in his defense. Uh, he's Asian. Uh, he, he, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that he should automatically know Taekwondo, but uh, he's going to have to get a little bit better at defending himself. Uh, Bubba Wallace really looked like he was going to whoop his tail, so uh, I'm kind of concerned about that. Not going to give him a black flag, uh, but uh, Kyle Larson, you need to you take think- a self defense course for sure man. you think, kind of you a think small him guy, being so. Asian is going to defend him anyway it didn't defend him when he did his wrongdoing uh, back in 2020 <laughs> okay so we're never mind I'm not going to go there um, yep and my black flag goes to none other than the refs uh, at the Alabama Tennessee game sorry I mean, I just I can give it to Bubba Wallace, but uh, them them refs really cost us the game over there uh, up there in Tennessee. So, my so that's why you didn't want to talk about. It. Well, yeah, that's why I didn't want to talk about. It. 
But I was thinking about you while I was watching that game hosting karaoke. No, I mean, I was all right, you know. Um, we knew that they were going to be hard to beat. We beat them 15 years in a row. So, eventually, that, that, you know, that they circled their calendars to beat us. They don't care what kind of year they have as long as they beat us. And, uh, you know, they did. So, kudos. And then the idiots to the goalposts in the Tennessee River. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. But, uh, well, that was uh, Check a Flag, Black Flag. Miss Lee, did she have any? Yeah, she said Larson took the high ground. He knew better than to engage. Um, and, and, yeah, because it wouldn't have come back good on him. <laughs> I mean, hell, you had two minorities fighting in the infield, and that would—could you imagine the press for that? I mean, but I agree with you, Chris. Something? Larson needs to learn taekwondo or something, because he looked somehow or another. You know, he gets away with white privilege. I think. I, I think. Uh, I think he was drafted already. You know, so I'm not sure if anybody sees Kyle Larson being Asian. If I were I McDonald, know. I would just drop Bubba and go over back with Kyle Larson. I mean, shoot. <laughs> Kyle Larson wow. was talking McDonald's at one point. He was. He was most definitely. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, that's the big sponsorship that everybody's got to wonder about, right? McDonald's, because let's just say yeah, their food's not very classy, but uh, they like their spokespersons to keep it classy. So, uh yeah, definitely um, a concerning situation there. They'll probably invest their money into Tyler Reddick going from here forward if they stay within the Denny Hamlin organization. Uh, Tyler Reddick is a redhead, so um, I think that could be a good fit. Well, it's been a kind of a calm show. I expected a little bit of more chaos. It hasn't been quite as chaotic. Oh. As what I expected. Chris? We do have three series racing this weekend. Yeah. What is it, Tess? Um, so are you anticipating of naming Tyler Reddick, Tyler Ronald McDonald? Wow. No. Probably not yet. But it would be cool if they had red... they put his Yeah. If they put him on the, the uh, McDonald's Cup. <laughs> no. I'd like to see Tyler Reddick on a club, McDonald's club. That'd be cool. Maybe have the Tyler Reddick meal when I pull up, which would be what? We already know what Bubba's is, too. Uh, a 10-piece chicken tenders and a high C orange, right? We're at French fries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Small fries. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So uh, let's get into our picks. We'll get the hell out of here. Chris, you're up. Should I go first? Damn. Yeah. So you're do we have three, three consecutive races now for trucks? Are they racing all the next venues? No. Um, trucks has this race. They're off at Martinsville, and and they're back at Phoenix. Why the heck are the trucks not racing at Martinsville? 
That doesn't make any sense because to me. The truck, because the truck series said, oh, let's go to one track. Uh, let's go to each track, visit it once, and never come back for the rest of the year. That's a genius idea. Not. Yeah, for real. Homestead trucks. Uh, you know who the fast guy's been. He's in that Ford truck. Um, what's the kid's name? Furniture Road. Ooh. Oh, Zane Smith. Zane Smith. Oh, you're going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go, Zane Smith. Let's go with Noah Craxton. Uh, in the Xfinity series. Yeah. Noah Gragson. And, man, I mean, I didn't pick Ross Chastain to go to the Final Four. I think it would be crazy if I picked Ross Chastain to win. But, man, after what I've seen at Las Vegas, I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm going to pick Ross Chastain to win. How about that, Greg? My winning boys. All right. So, my picks on the truck side. I'm going Christian Eckes. Um, on the Xfinity side, uh, I'm partnering with Chris here. Oh, Noah Gragson. And on the Cup side, my pick is not a championship eight driver. Uh-oh. It's Tyler Reddick. Bingo. Tyler Reddick plays spoiler. Wow. I seen that one coming up. I thought about it myself. Hey. So I'm gonna take freezing and trucks. You gotta you gotta run the high side in Miami or you're gonna get beat up. Um I'm gonna take Dinger and I'm gonna take watermelon. Dinger and Chastain. All right, so we got Stewie, Dinger, Chastain. Jason has uh, John Hunter Nematode, which, by the way, Nematode, uh, if we failed to mention uh, early in the show, we'll be filling in for Bubba Wallace this week in the 45 car. Uh, He's got Justin Allgaier for Xfinity. And Kyle Larson on the cup side. Now, mind you, folks, Kyle Larson, if he if he wins uh, the race this weekend, that means the five car is going to be joining Logano for, for the owner's championship. Yes. Miss Lee's picks. Uh, she's got Nematode for the trucks. Noah Gragson. For Affinity. And let's see who she's got for Cup. Some I have I knew it. She's going Kyle Larson. Oh wow. The bounce back. Nobody said Denny Hamlet. Is he out of this? No. 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 Oh, if you want to look at speaking of owners championship, I kind of want to point this out because I was looking at it earlier today because they're saying Larson's in the owners championship, and I was like, no, I thought he was out. 
Well, you have to remember, the 16 cars, if Kurt Busch was still driving, um, would be in the playoffs. So Blaney is not even in the owner's championship. He's in the uh, – he's only in the driver's championship. So the 16 uh, right now would have been Harvick, uh, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, Tyler Reddick, Austin Sindrick, Daniel Suarez, uh, then it would be then it would be Kurt Busch forty five, and then your eight drivers would be Briscoe, Hamlin, Byron, Bell, Larson, Chastain, Logano, and Chase Elliott. So, um, so yeah, we've really been looking at seventeen cars for playoffs this year. If you really want to think about it that way, All right. For sure. The whole Kurt Busch situation put a kind of a pickle into everything. It kind of threw well, in the, hell of Xfinity, the Xfinity trucks uh, curveball. We're getting out of here 15 minutes early. I don't know. I don't know what we did different tonight. Uh, maybe we actually discussed things instead of talking over each other all night long. I'm not sure. But uh, we, we're getting out of here early. Uh, Monday headlines today. Monday headlines today, Chastain advances to the final four at his home track uh, by winning at his home track and uh, that's all I got. That's all I can think of. Chastain uh, finds his way into the uh, championship, final four. Taz Taylor. Yeah. Well, I kind of gave my Monday headline today during my pick. So, Reddick plays spoiler. Mm. Reddick plays spoiler. Man, I mean, isn't that something Richard Childress racing? Who would have thought? that they would have had the year that they've had this year. You know, and, and all this comes the moment Tyler Reddick signs his contract to go race for somebody else. Um, that's what's even more crazy about all of this. Um, and he could have had a few more wins this year as well. So, um, unlike, you know, I think it consistently Tyler Reddick has been more um, relevant than Ross Chastain, but the points don't say that. He could have won. Um, <clears throat> sorry, he could have won Bristol Dirt, I believe. Uh, had he not had the incident with Chase Briscoe, and I think Are the boys it might have been Las Vegas or Auto Club that he could have won, but he ended up blowing up early. All right, well, hell, uh, what a night, man. I guess we expected to harp on uh, uh, Bubba Wallace throwing a little bit more than what we did, and that's probably better for our listeners, better for the show all around. Um, but uh, we're going to get out of here a couple minutes early here tonight. If you, got, you guys got anything that you want to cover real quick before we head out? 
No, not really. Um, just you know, three more oh, shows. County, yeah, uh, Henry County Racing is back in action this week. Um, and we're gonna—he's gonna be putting on a a barn burner. I shared it on the Race Chat Live page. Um, check it out if you're down this way. And uh, that's all I got. All right, Taz Taylor, you know what to do. All righty. We want to thank everybody for listening along to Race Chat Live tonight here on Blog Talk Radio. If you ever miss a show live, you can catch us on any forms of podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcast needs and catch up on what we're doing, what we're talking about each and every week. Where can you listen along? Well, here it is, podpage.com iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, and on YouTube. We want to thank our sponsors that make the 110 Nation Sports Network roll uh, for this year, Phoenix Fitness, Bears Bullish Market Talk Group, and Carolina Sports Plus. Once again, we want to thank you all for listening along to Tuesday Night Race Chat Live. Only three shows left. It's hard to believe we're here at this point. And without further ado, we'll say good night. This has been the Caution Flag of Racing Radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers, Taz Taylor, saying good night. We'll see you at the same bet time, same bet place next Tuesday night on Race Chat Live. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve, planting the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. That's just a little bit more than the normal life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.